1: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Pick a Flick I'm your host for this evening, Emma Platt and joining me is Chris Haig and Chris Wallace
0: Hi Hello
1: And on this podcast that I was beginning to think was fated never to get recorded (laughs) (laughs) We are talking Dario Argento Both our nominations for this evening are Dario Argento films So, without further ado, let's Pick a Flick Suspiria is a 1977 Italian horror film directed by Dario Argento. The film stars Jessica Harper as an American ballet student who transfers to a prestigious dance academy in Germany but later realises the academy is a front for something far more sinister and supernatural in this series of murders. it's kind of like I think when you really start getting into like horror films properly, it's one of those classics that's not you know it's not Halloween and it's not the Exorcist, but it's it's the arty classic horror film if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. Apparently there's been a remake. I've been hearing about this remake for years and years and years and years. It's set to start start Swinton and Dakota Johnson, who if if I'm correct is the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Yeah, that's a. Yeah.
1: I thought so. So, um, <laughs> it's part of a tr- trilogy that Argento refers to as The Three Mothers, followed in 1980 by Inferno, and then 2007 by The Mother of Tears. So, I'm not a huge Dario Argento fan. The first time I saw Suspiria, my friends were all like, you love it, you love it, you love it, it's amazing. And I was completely underwhelmed
2: by it. Yeah, so is I, like, to be honest. But I saw it in quite a weird setting. Last year, I went to a, like a horror film festival, and I saw it at half past four in the morning, which is not the right time to watch a film like this because it's it's bonkers. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy it that much. I like the way it looked and the weird sound effects. And is it Goblin that does the music? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was. Yeah, that's, um, that's There's a there's a bit I can't remember properly where the main characters kind of like creep around and the music's playing in the background, but you it you can almost hear like there's someone on the soundtrack, get, like, humming along to the music, or going, like, da, da, da. And that, like, that's really creepy. Those, it, those little touches are really creepy. And like you, you said, Chris W, not okay, Higgs. So. It, it looks, I appreciate it more from, like, a visual standpoint. Yeah. But it's just, I kind of, I thought it was really, dare I say, boring.
2: Yeah, it was, like, a lot of little shorts. I mean, have you ever seen uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? It's like the comedy. I have
1: seen Dark Place. It's almost
2: <laughs> as if that was the inspiration. Well, Dark Place, it got its inspiration from Suspiria because there was some of the lighting and a lot of the the weird acting. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's very similar to that. That's what it reminded me of. The
1: whole, it's um, the ballet schools are setting for like witchcraft and stuff. And it's kind of got like, I don't know. It felt like there was a family like a connection to the school and I kind of like that sort of you know not so friendly Sabrina the Teenage Witch on your 16th birthday you'll become a witch yeah. you have to go to this ballet school I like that but I just I wonder if it's one of those films that's celebrated for its weirdness and it's kind of avant-garde oh it's Italian and you know it, it's they're the people who go. I, know, exactly. I like I like horror films, and you go, oh, I like the Exorcist. And you go, hmm, the Exorcist. I'm sure you've never seen the unreleased 1947 version of based on the on the Latin novel, and you go, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Actually,
2: I think this film is poor.
0: Yeah. Um, see, I'm completely opposed, diametric to YouTube, because I I love this film because it is a really weird, trippy, kind of day glow soaked complete experience and it is really weird and he, I couldn't watch it the first time because of the opening sequence in which two girls are dispatched and it was, just, it was so brutal and cruel and I was about 16 when I watched it and I couldn't deal with it I was like Jesus that's really it's cartoonish in a way but I just couldn't come to terms with it but then if you watch the film as a whole I see I'm a big dork for stuff like the mythology of the three mothers and I, I I just really really enjoy this film, and stuff like weird stuff like the music and yeah, it all blends in. It's not my favorite ever film. It's not even my favorite horror film, but I always think watching it's kind of a weird, very trippy experience so to be watched when it's pouring with rain outside and it's very atmospheric and all that.
1: On the the Wikipedia, it says it's um, it's noteworthy for noteworthy for several stylistic flourishes that have become Argento trademarks. Mm. And one of them is the anamorphic lens and the the cinematography emphasizes vivid primary colours, particularly red, creating a deliberate unrealistic nightmare Shet- shetting Oh my fucking God <laughs> Nightmares I was doing was the sound of Sean Codery then didn't the na- I Nightmare shedding. <laughs> Emphasized by the use of ambition, technical apprentice it the process which was used for the Wizard of Oz. And I think but you kind of in some ways it kind of feels Wizard of Oz ish in its
0: mm.
1: it kind of feels like I don't want to say it's all a dream or it's dreamlike, but in that kind of like not quite real, on the fringes of reality, kind of semi realism, do you know? That yeah. kind of
2: And there's a lot of parts of it that don't like, the narrative doesn't really make a lot of sense as a whole, but there's lots of little things. And then you'll go from one bit to the other. So the dream side of it, yeah, that does make sense, because you do have dreams where you're like, I don't know how I got here and where are my trousers. So <laughs> that's what the
0: film feels like. Wow. No, I agree about the disjointed narrative. I mean, there is a very kind of tenuous plot that follows, and it kind of it's a very kind of thin structure that kind of hangs it all together. But I think it's... For me personally, it's the set pieces that I really enjoy. So the opening set piece, which scared me to death as a teenager, I can enjoy now because it is very gorgeously shot. It's kind of scary because you don't. There's never any face identifying. It's quite weird in a kind of a, an Italian slasher film where you don't see the killer, or at least not by a gentle standard. Because Argento, from what I've seen, and I've only seen this and two other films of his. It's all very weird and stylistically, clean. You never see the killer's face until it's like the last twist or whatever and all that sort of thing. But it is. It's mainly about the set pieces, even though a lot of them don't make sense. I mean, I, I love this film and I'll admit that well, I mean,
2: the set piece with the dog, good. I don't
0: get.
2: I don't get the dog thing. Um, there's one as well where um, towards the end <coughs> she's trying to escape from something and she just falls into a, like a, a giant pit of slinkies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just like it. yeah reason... but it doesn't look like razor wire. it just oh, looks I know, like massive I know. slinkies <laughs> and the camera goes out and it's, I don't know, it's like what was yeah, that kid's that... show in the funhouse it's like that, <laughs> that oh. is it Pat that's Charlotte? Charlotte,
1: that's it. I think, hey sir, what you were saying about like the three mothers kind of thing the, parent, the title for Suspiria and the general concept of the three mothers comes from Suspiria de Profundus an uncredited inspiration for the film. There is a section in the book entitled Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow." The piece asserts that there are, that that just as there are three fates and three graces, there are three sorrows: Our Lady of Tears, Our Lady of Sights, and Our Lady of Darkness.
0: I love that. I'm sorry, that's so cool.
1: That is that it is, and I I like that. I I I kind of like that, and that kind of juxtaposition between the fates and the graces. So you have to have these. Mm like, a balance to it. But I would have liked to see more...
0: I guess more of the actual threat, maybe?
1: Maybe. More of the bigger... The bigger, kind of, picture of what... And a more tangible threat from these Mm. three sorrows, you know what I mean? That would have... But I I understand why people... I understand why people like it.
2: Mm.
0: Um, And
1: stuff like that. Yeah.
0: See all that talk about the mythology of the three mothers and which i love if i'd been given that as like a writer or a director if i was one of those i would be like oh this is gonna be amazing i'm gonna do this massive mythology and build around it and he doesn't really elaborate on it you will really find out about that about half an hour before the rent before the end and then it's just pretty much a straight run to the finale you don't really see anything of the one of the three mothers in question and it's it's a shame really because there is it, it, a lot of it is such good potential and then if you look at the subsequent two films it doesn't really kind of get echoed in there i wish uh susie susie banyan who's the main who's the, the main girl in this i wish she was a bit more active because a lot of it is just stuff happening to her i just spends a lot of time sleeping and drinking blood that might be wine and and then only in the last half an hour she batters some weird devil bat thing to death and that's about it really and it's yeah i I definitely have my issues with it, but I can still enjoy it for the kind of it's weird, it's got huge scope in terms of story, but it's very kind of pinned down. It's in this weird like I said, this weird day glow academy where everything's kind of hyper realised and hyper coloured and it's oversaturated with everything. And it's all very much contained to there, apart from the uh sequences and like the apartments and that and like I said, the ones the, the dog the dog and the blind one thing, which I still don't get why. that They could have easily cut the character. It doesn't mean anything. He doesn't serve any purpose. He's not like a big reveal or anything. He's just a poor blind guy who the witches yeah. turn against and make his dog rip his throat out. I'm like, oh, that serves nothing.
2: That's another one of those bits where the the music in this film is so loud. It's yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really intense. And that's, that is the point, And I get that. That does disorient you a little bit. But I still listen to that. Goblin song now, the one where he, mm. he babbles in it. <laughs> it's a good song Yeah, uh, in that film, and it works. Yeah, it's just booming. Mm.
0: Very weirdly, about the music, in the sequel, Inferno, the very last bit where the evil's been conquered and the lead protagonist walks out, over the end credits, I swear to god, there's a song called Meta Suspiriorum, which is weirdly the name of the witch in this one and not the one in the other one. Oh. oh, my God, it's such a tune. It's like, it's generally like you're kind of um, doing like a 60s dance in the fires of hell. It's so catchy. <laughs> no, I'm serious, go check it out. It's, I will check it that out. It's, oh, my God. And the first time I heard it, I was there genuinely doing like that shit 60s dance where you just do the, where it's all handsy, just like, da, da. Do you like the mashed potato? Yeah, basically like that. And the hands. I just it, dance doing that, but imagine that you're basically dancing to, as a skeleton in hell. Like... Duh, 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 duh.
1: That's is it. the devil wearing, like, ball-bottoms, Is the devil groovy? <laughs> oh,
0: it's it, it a very... It's a groovy tune that you kind of you tap-dancing your way into hell in, and it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. And that is honestly the only redeeming part of, the, of the Inferno. And I'm there just like, I will watch this whole film just to get to the end <laughs> and just listen to the song. <laughs> but yeah, I... I get the is isn't for everybody. I have a feeling that if I showed it to some of my friends, it'd just be like, well, this is a bit boring, or this is shit, or that sort of thing. And you do not have to be in the right mood for it. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's weird, like, as we record it now, it's very dark outside, it's rainy, it's windy, and it's this kind of weather that would be kind of perfect for it, in a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. if I look outside my window now and see a witch, <laughs> 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 Because did you hang around the who? I have to say. I think it's quite strange that me and Chris don't really like it Mm. when the actual the critical acclaim for it is so high Mm. I mean it's been uh, entertainment, uh, Entertainment Weekly raised the number 18 on the 25 scariest films ever a poll of critics from Total Film ranked it number three out of f- the 50 greatest horror films of all time, right. and All Movie called it one of the most striking assaults on the senses ever to be committed to celluloid. This relenting tale of the supernatural was, and likely still is, like, the closest a filmmaker has come to capturing a nightmare on film. That I agree is with that. such that's such a bold oh, yeah. statement. Huh. Cap I mean, first of all, nightmares are subjective. What? It's it kind of goes back to everyone's scared of the same thing. So, I don't kind of I kind of agree in some ways, like capturing the kind of sense of a nightmare, maybe, but not
2: a nightmare. Yeah, on a film. I mean, when I, I watched when I watched it in the cinema, and bear in mind, i have been in there for like six hours now because it was all night, and people weren't ha- people were laughing, you know, especially at the beginning, and um, and that wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it was it was funny the way that the some of the lines were delivered weren't, weren't <laughs> great and it did get a few chuckles from people but nobody was terrified I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a horror film it's, it's, it's not the worst film I've ever seen and I don't hate it I think everybody should watch it just for the spectacle of it but mm. um, if you're yeah. going into it expecting to be terrified I think you might be a bit disappointed yeah
1: I think you're right there Chris when you called it a spectacle mm. more than like not necessarily more than a film but it's definitely yeah, I think that's a better way to describe it, and I kind of think that's what Argento goes through for with a lot of his films. It's not more, not so much just watching it visually. I think he kind of wants to attempt to assault all your senses in one go, yeah. and I think the soundtrack, especially like you were saying, it's booming, plays and wants to keep you on edge almost. If you yeah, yeah,
2: it's completely relentless throughout the film. If they, right from the beginning when she's in the taxi, it just doesn't stop to the point where you think I. I'm going a little bit deaf, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then yeah, and the rain, and it's just, it, so all the things I'm saying now do make me think I like it more than I thought I did, but not as a horror film, as just something to, to see, but yeah. I would call it a horror film.
0: No, yeah, I I agree that it's not scary, necessarily, it's quite bloody, and it, it like you said, it's really aptly it is a spectacle and it's a very kind of immersive film because like I said you've got the music you've got the setting, everything is designed I think to make it kind of a hyper realised world or like a nightmare and if you treat it a bit like a nightmare that would actually make sense with all the random the cuts and the fact it's a very loosely structured so yeah I mean <sighs> it's weird that I came into the podcast thinking I'm really going to defend this film and then I've just gone oh no it does, it does really have like quite a few problems, and I'm not a huge Adrenal fan, but no, I, don't, I, do, don't I, I, do, I
2: do still really like it. So. Yeah. I don't hate this film, I think this is a film worth watching. It's just, mm. if you're going to put it as one of the scariest films of all time, I don't think that yeah. list it deserves to be on. But as a thing, it's definitely worth watching. Watching it in the cinema, it was it was great, even though yeah. people were laughing and stuff. But... But they weren't laughing at it, they were laughing with it. It was almost as if everybody knew what the the score was. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it is—it's funny in, like, a really camp, cheesy yeah. kind
0: of horror way. And I will say the thing I genuinely do so laugh at is the dubbing. Like, if you can oh, laugh oh at ever, anything in the first <laughs> scene, the dubbing where, I'm, I'm sorry, those actresses, I'm sure, are very talented, they emote very well, do not speak a word of English. I um, don't know who's dubbing their voices but it's just they've literally been told to do it phonetically and it just it's it's so awkward uh, well, she uh, kisses
2: like a snake yeah. um, that bit I actually that they give the S's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, <I> like snakes
0: No, 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 no. just like <laughs> I, yeah it's it's really weird and then you don't see half the characters again it's like <laughs> yeah it's like that Daniel kid it's just like oh why is he is he going to be a love interest no he doesn't really do much Olga oh, doesn't do much. Sarah's only there for two-thirds of it, and then she gets killed by Slinkies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: Everybody loves a Slinky.
0: Every- everybody loves a Slinky, apart from when it's, like, literally
2: tearing you to shreds. Oh, Riz and I Slinkies. Sorry. So Christ- Christmas idea. <laughs> she just opened the window and just fell into them. I know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's-, it's never explained
0: where it is, though.
2: Like, how big is this
0: academy? All oh, this I'm place good. is just like... There's like, oh yeah, don't go left because that's the razor wire <laughs> slinky pit.
1: Maybe it's I... like a hell mouse. Yeah. Maybe it's. it's <gasps> if you go left, oh. that's. Don't go down the left corridor because yeah, that's the hidden corridor with the hell mouse at the end <laughs> and, and there ain't no Buffy to save you.
0: <sighs> no, imagine it though. If they did a reboot and that is it, if, it, if that's the reason the Academy's there, it's. She drops Then we want the some motherfucking
1: family. movie check. Yeah. Because we've just. That's our idea. That's it. She's so, just in, saying. In it.
0: the reboot, if Susie kills. As she does. Oh, fuck it. If you listen to this, it's spoiler territory anyway. So when she kills the Metis at the end, what if that's it that breaks the academy? If it breaks the thing to this kind of hell mouth? That's what causes all the fire at the end, rather than it being just random fucking spontaneous. Yeah.
1: And then the Academy implodes on itself like the end of Poltergeist. Yeah,
0: and Susie's the last one something, and then, sequel, the other witches come See? after her, and then you have it like Sarah Connor in the sequels, and she's just there taking
2: out witches. You're adding an element of like believability to it. Yeah, you yeah, need to, to remove now. that. Yeah. <laughs> Get that out. Yeah. Who needs believability? Come on. <laughs>
1: it's overrated. <laughs>
0: Pretty much.
1: So, we'd like to thank Lee Howard for his nomination. Thanks, Lee. You can follow him on Twitter at Count Fos- Fosco? <laughs> Plus his podcast, Movie Matters at Movie Matters TM. So, now, we asked some of our Twitter followers their thoughts on Italian horror and Dario Argento, and This is what we got back. Sarah Jane at Fook This (laughs) said, (laughs) God, that was a struggle. (laughs) Deep Red is my top, in my top three favourite films ever. Suspiria, Tenenbury, Inferno, Bird with the Crystal Plumage and fourth, oh I need my glasses are films his later work that was pretty crap that Dracula film is utter shit tis a pity (laughs) he fell so far
0: (laughs) I saw Tenebrae off the back of this and I'm like wow Tenebrae makes Suspiria look amazing Tenebrae's such shit makes the
1: Ewoks look like fucking (laughs) shark that's from Space Kids if you don't know where that's from you shouldn't be listening to this podcast (laughs) and tgp73 at tgp73 said love Argento Profondo Rosso is his masterpiece so do we have any thoughts in general on Italian horror because I have some movies, classic Italian horror movies you need to see before you die this is from whatculture.com Cannibal Apocalypse is at number 12 and didn't the director of that get murdered (laughs) because people thought it was real oh my god (laughs) don't yeah, I'm pretty sure it is the... Uh, or is that... No, I'm thinking of Cannibal yeah, Holocaust. Yeah. Too, too many cannibal
2: films. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you two have any favourite horror films that spring to mind? Um, no.
2: I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've seen that many Italian horror films. I don't know why. No. I've that, to be honest. i should have some recommendations on it. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you have any recommendations for Chris Wells, it's a treat you will see it. I think Italian horror, it's really stylised. It, it's... I mean it's very much like Argento, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that isn't just well you know Argento's Italian so you know he's got an Italian style but it is very stylized, and I think especially if you're thinking of the films of like the 1980s like um, Zombie but Zombie with an I and Lucio Felucci's oh what was it called? The Beyond, that's it, The Beyond. And it's like, I think that one's about like the seven gates of hell and stuff. It's very like, the blood is really red. I, I
2: and noticed what's the that was one? It was
1: a... Has yeah. anyone seen the one? I can't think of what it's called Off my head. But I had it on DVD and it was like, ban films. And there was a shark fighting a zombie. What the fuck was it called? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Google, tell them.
1: <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, it was... <laughs> There's a bit in that it this well. just, just reminded, because the picture on Wap Culture is a woman staring at like this jagged piece of wood and you see the wood pierce her eye Ooh. and it's like the most overly gory, prolonged eye piercing scene that you could possibly imagine. Like, they really want to draw that shit out and I think there's no subtlety with Italian horror, I don't think, uh, especially if especially from the 1980s, which is absolutely none at all. They don't give a fuck. They're not going to try it. They don't need you to think <laughs> because they're going to show you.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, no, I mean, it's nice, in a way, to have that kind of change and that kind of stylistic, that, that thing that's purely theirs, and that they're very much about the spectacle of it, and it's very visual, and it's, oh, you know, it's very bloody, and you know it's like a video
2: nasty you
1: know, when I think back on like obviously because I wasn't born until 87 so I don't really remember the video nasty thing
2: it was a big thing wasn't it back
1: then it was it was huge it was... and like I know I've said this time and time again but it really did spread out into like the early 90s and that kind of whole Mary Whitehouse thing yeah. but uh, there was a lot of Italian films on there because they were so overly gory but I think when you kind of say alright we're not going to let you watch this now you just It just makes people go, well, I want to see more. And then they watch it, they go, that's not that bad. So they seek out more and more.
2: I mean, recently, it's the, the way the Human Centipede it, did its second part. It, that that whole didn't... thing, I haven't seen that. But that whole thing was just, it got people interested in a film that was probably crap. Yeah, um...
1: <laughs> and I think the director, what is his name, Tom Six or something? He said he wants to make the most kind of infamous movie ever. But there was there was one reason I had no interest in the human centipede and I haven't seen it someone told told me there's a scene in it where there's a pregnant woman in the middle of the centipede and she gives birth and the baby dies not just as, I hate doing this like as a mother thing but partly as a mother that like it it's the only, probably one of the other times I thought that's sick. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's really, really me. purpose
2: of it is to get put on a list of films that have been mm. notorious or that's films and another one which I don't want to see. Uh, no. Nope. Oh um, god. Yeah. Yeah. I can't watch that. More. It's just it's, they just want they want the attention of it. To...
1: You can't go around telling people like this is not art because I think what you make is is art to you and I think I, I get that's to a certain extent but you don't know, I don't feel like. My vision for my movie was to show a dead newborn baby swinging off some woman who was attached to a little chain of 12 other people who were all shitting on each other. Like, really? Is that the legacy you want to leave on the world? Honestly? And if you do, fair enough, whatever. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But you should know that I'm judging you.
2: Yeah. That's
1: the legacy you want to leave on the world.
2: are appealing to a very specific sort of person. I don't know. You uh, should worry about those <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah.
1: I mean, isn't Human Centipede 2 in the story that a guy saw Human Centipede 1 and was obsessed with it? So he was. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open
0: to the perfect role, like me.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home
0: might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Like, I'm going to make my own human centipede. Like, this yeah. whole kind of quasi-reality. uh
2: just, yeah. okay, you There's don't want to work. There is something there that you could have used, but the, the implementation of it, and this we're just going to make the most disgusting thing we can think of possible for the fact that we can isn't the best use of what could be something quite good scary rather than just disgusting scary there's there's something there but i don't think it's being used (laughs) i don't think he cares i think it's just about getting onto bbc news about a film that's going to get banned. yeah
1: according to internet movie database there were 72 banned titles on the videos the video recording back in nineteen eighty four, which wasn't officially repealed until two
0: thousand and ten. Oh god, I'm in Human Sentiment 2 now, I No, oh. get
1: off of it. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> oh god.
1: Fall into the trap. Um, apocalypse Oh my
0: god, it's worse. It's worse. Mm. I don't wanna know ah, okay. Cannibal
1: Ferox, that's another one I was thinking of. That's mm. an Italian one. That's kind of one that I've heard about Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go look at pictures of puppies. No, we've
0: just got that.
1: Oh no, 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 no. no. It's like the ring though. If you spread the curse, then we all like all we'll die in some days So don't, don't say, don't tell me. Oh, I'm
0: not. Is it really that I'm bad? Not,
1: I'm not. Right, this is a director. I forgot about Mario Barber He was uh, he made Black Sabbath in 1963. I think I think he's to me. He seems like he was a big influence on um, Argento because he's like. I think the two big Italian horror directors are Argento and Barber. So um, if you have any suggestions, as we said, um, of Italian horror films that we should watch, then please let us know on Twitter. You can tweet us at pickaflickpod, or we'll go out our personal accounts at the end. I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I don't know that much about Italian horror films.
2: So am I. I feel like I should know more, because I do love horror. The bit I've left, I just haven't bothered with it. I've seen Suspiria and I've left.
1: Well, I feel like I'm going to have to go into university on Tuesday and go, I can't do my masters anymore because (laughs) I'm not good enough, I don't know about Italian horror films. Here's my thesis. Burn it, burn it! (laughs) In all fairness though, I I have tried to make my thesis as international as possible by adding the host and Martyrs in there and now I have to argue myself out of a corner where I have to argue why Martyrs is a monster film and not psychological horror. I just make more work for myself. I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> swiftly on. Let's pick another flick. Vampire's Kiss is a 1989 American black comedy horror film directed by Robert Bayman. <laughs> and stars Nicolas Cage and Mary, Maria Maria Conchita Alonso, Jennifer Beals, and Elizabeth Ashley. The film tells the story of a mentally ill literary agent whose condition turns ever worse when he ends up thinking he was bitten by a vampire. It bombed at the box office, but now it has a cult following. Come in, Alva. I hope you're not still angry at me about the other day, Alba. I apologised, and, and I honestly meant it. Stashie Yeah, that mescaline. Wow. That's strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I did it once. Did you, did you? Yeah, just just once in high school. Ah. <laughs> high school. Yes, yes. Those were the days, eh, Alba.
2: <laughs> so
1: why uh why do you have your coat on well i'm leaving it's five o'clock um but you know alba you still haven't found that contract yet have
0: you It's alone, there are 15 there's people files it's all i do all day i mean I...
1: but you haven't found it yet alba don't you think it would be a good idea to stay late maybe work a little overtime
0: my eyes are killing me aw well I was was also thinking today that maybe you could put somebody else on the job for a while or uh, another secretary to help me out I mean you know to make the job easier Eva
1: There is no one else in this entire office that I could possibly ask to share such a horrible job. You're the lowest on the totem pole here, Alva. The lowest. Do you realize that? Every other secretary who's been here has been here longer than you, Alva. Every one. And even if there was someone here who was here just one day longer than you, I still wouldn't ask that person to partake in such a miserable job as long as you were around. That's right, Alva. It's a horrible, horrible job. Sifting through old contract after old contract. I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. And you have to
0: do it. You have to, or I'll fire you. Do you understand?
2: Do you?
1: there's no problem then is there so vampires kiss nicholas cage he doesn't love a bit of nick cage <laughs> crazy nicky I cage spent
2: the whole film just focused on nicholas cage he's such an interesting person <laughs> 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 how can his face move like that everyone thinks <laughs> you know, he does his eyebrows <laughs> Well, I was saying to Emma before
0: that I'm really glad because I've now found out where that GIF on the internet comes <laughs> yeah. from. He's got the big eyes, and he's just having that really yeah. intense conversation about what a shit job she has. And I'm like, oh. even if though like, yeah. I completely hate this film, I now can just be like, oh, so that's where it comes
2: from. That's, yeah, and that, in that <laughs> bit in particular, his eyes keep they they just they just keep going. And you think, no, yeah. Cage, your eyes can't go any higher than that. <laughs> oh, yes, they <laughs> <can>. <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Why Nicholas Cage in like the last five years has become like like a like a, a pop culture icon hasn't he? Like yeah. Not so long ago, Mike said, "Oh, I need to do something on your computer," and he put this extension on my computer that every time I like went on Facebook, everyone's picture was Nicholas Cage. Every picture <laughs> on every website was <laughs> Nicholas Cage, and I was like, "I've got a virus!" And he was like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Like that's how big of a deal he is to some people. Like there's all these. Memes of him, and people are suddenly really into like shit Nicholas Cage films, and he can be a brilliant actor. Like I always say, Lord of War is one of my favourite films ever. He's a superb in that, but then he goes and just goes into shit like Bangkok Dangerous and Ghost
0: Rider Stole and the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> oh my God, are they all left behind? <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, that was me doing a really good impression of him in the film Left so Behind, just so, so bad. So
2: quotable. Like, there's that yeah. in, uh, <laughs> The Wicked Man with the bees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bees! <laughs> I don't... I, this, this film is... I don't like this film, but he, oh, he's, he's a funny man. He should be in more confidence than of If you're going to watch it at all, you watch it for him. You don't watch it for...
0: Yeah. Just watch yeah. him, like, dancing around in the streets, yelling, bite me, bite <laughs> me. It's... I mean, I was, I was knitting while I was doing this, and I would just watch and I was like, oh
2: my god, he's actually off his fucking chunk. When he puts his teeth just... in, d- he's doing the Nosferatu walk. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I think he just says that in every day, like, yeah. he called his son Kal-El. Like, yeah. He's such a huge Superman fan. Like, I've been trying to get Michael to agree that if we have a daughter, I can call her Harley Quinn. And he's like, no. And I'm just like, well, please, Kevin Smith called his daughter Harley Quinn, it's fine.
2: But, <laughs> Kal-El. As a quick wow. like, side note to that, there's a documentary out about that Superman film that never got made.
1: Oh, the death of Superman, <sighs> it's, it's,
2: isn't it's it? Interesting, because I didn't. I knew that film was supposed to exist. I would have quite liked to see that. That's, uh, yeah, it's worth watching if you want to see some weird Tim Burton drawings. i more of Nick Cage.
1: Nicky and Tim Burton sounds like the worst combination ever.
2: All the best. I fucking hate Tim Burton. Everybody hates Tim Burton now, and I do as well, but I didn't used to. I don't know when it's. I'm kind
1: of of like, I hated Tim Burton before it was cool to hate Tim Burton. Like, I can't fucking stand it. I
2: I hated from the start before
0: hating him was cool.
1: (laughs) And I hate Woody Allen, just because I feel the need to mention that again. Do you know when you think of, like, cult films, sometimes I wonder, is, is. Is cult film just a term for shit? Because,
0: like... Is the cult misspelt, Is supposed to be N? Yep.
1: <laughs> like, I know, um... Masters of the Universe, with Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> is... <laughs> I could, like, that's considered a cult film. I think it's pretty good, so people would think it was shit. It's one of those, if I'm following on video, like, six years later. It's the same thing
2: as, the last time I did this podcast with YouTube, we talked about Little Shop of Horrors.
1: Yeah.
2: Another film that's considered a cult film. And it's not a great film, but I love it. And I think cult seems to mean if it's special to someone. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's, like, Rocky Horror. I went to see Rocky Horror um, at the Empire this week, and... That's got a huge like cult following, and like the Big Lebowski as well. I've never seen the Big Lebowski, but there's people who have this. They've got a religion, haven't they? Called yeah. like Judaism yeah. and stuff, and I that like blows my mind. But it's yeah, it's kind of like what makes a cult. How many people do you need to like this film yeah. to be like this is a cult film?
2: And then there's um, what's the other one? The Tommy Wiseau? Is it The Room? The room. Oh, the room. oh Matt Laiden
1: loves that film.
2: Is yeah, because people, I, I think I've seen all the clips, so I don't feel like I need to see the film. <laughs> but um, people love that. But it's, it's it's a bad film.
1: Yeah, I think I always call them shitastic. Yeah. yeah, So bad that it's good. And there's like, Wishmaster is shitastic. Sharknado is yeah. shit. I think if a film is trying to be 100% serious. It, it kind of loses that. It's when, it, like, Leprechaun in Space. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love Leprechaun <laughs> in Space. It's my favourite of the Leprechaun series. But Leprechaun Origins. It was trying to be. It was trying to make a Leprechaun scary, and I was like, No, baby, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
2: like, I'm just Freddy thinking about Jason Leprechaun in
0: Space. space. <laughs> oh, Jason
2: X. Oh. Jason X. That's it. Yeah. Ah, uh, Freddy vs Jason could have been
0: awesome. That could have been Alien amazing. I liked Alienless. Oh, the first second one's home. so
1: much better than the first one. Oh,
0: see, I, I, no, I can't stand the second one. I've, no, I, that's
1: because I, you're wrong.
0: No, <laughs> no, the first the Predator, it has such a special place because it was the first film I ever snuck into. As teenager, I was 12, I think it was 13 when it came out, and it was a 15 film, and me and my friend snuck in, and we did it so I by talking <laughs> about our A-levels. <laughs> which we weren't <laughs> taking, going, oh, well, what do you think about this? Oh, yes, I think about this. And it's just, it was this worst cover ever, just loudly talking about exams, when nobody did what the fuck was going on. But, uh, yeah, you know shit
1: As a former cinema usher, I would have kicked you out so fucking hard. <laughs> Your head would have spun. You were like the worst type of person, Chris Haig. I used to actively oh. look for people like you. I used to make a list, how many kids am I going to kick out today and ruin their fucking day? Oh. you used to always spot them because they'd be going... Oh, uh, So it was my birthday last week and I got so drunk and I go, watch your date of birth? And it's like that yeah. scene in Hoffman's, 12th of February, what year? Every year, get <laughs> out. It would be exactly like that. <laughs> would you both agree that this has kind of got like the makings to be one of those shit-ass uh, so yeah. bad it's good, or does it cross that line into this is just shit?
0: It's definitely shit, but um, I-, I can sort of see why people do like it and it's a cool film because it is just Nick Cage just... Losing his mind basically for an hour and a half, just dancing around, being absolutely nuts. And I can see why people like it. Do I personally like it? No, because I I honestly find Nicholas Cage in this his character so unlikable that I just oh, can't do yeah. it. And on. I just I, yeah. yeah, I'm just like oh, I could. Uh, because normally, if it's a cult film, there's at least, like, a character or an arc or something. I can like, yeah, all right, you're cool. I like you. I relate to you, whatever. This, it's just... Oh, I just... I, it, I'll be honest. I was really so bored. I zoned out in some of it. In some of it, there was... When he wasn't being full-throttle, nutty, nutty Nick.
2: Then I was there just like, oh, Cal. Yeah, yeah.
0: just didn't really care. But... Yeah,
2: it is what it is. It well, wasn't very nuanced, it, but he just was being yeah. a cage. <laughs> a he threw all his skills against the
0: wall and he just kind of went,
2: yeah, go
0: for it. was That's anything. exactly what he did. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a vision of him just going like, yeah, I'm just going to throw fucking everything at this role. I'm going to, you know, like I said, my favourite thing, generally, there's the speech where he follows the the poor woman, I can't remember her name, these poor secretary around tormenting her and I'm there just like, Oh, for the love of God, we just leave the poem alone. And then he's down <laughs> the street and he's like, bite me, bite me. And you know, a vampire, and he's there freaking out because he has a reflection, but he pretends he doesn't. And it's, yeah, it's it's such a weird film. <laughs> it's such a weird film.
1: It's kind of like Nick Cage before he became Nick Cage. Like, you can imagine when this film ended, it was like, what? <laughs> Nick Cage is evolving! Nick Cage became Nick Cage! <laughs> like, he went from a um, squirtle to. Wardle. Shit. But Blastoise, you Now he just skipped that. He went straight Blastoise. Yeah. You never get full Blastoise, Nick. Yeah.
2: You never
1: go full Blastoise.
2: That's his problem, man. He did it so early on as well. And
1: he wasn't strong enough. He
2: <laughs> wasn't yeah. strong enough. He <laughs> like... hasn't built up your speed or your defence. Yeah. Nothing. Like, in Nick Cage, he's always been a sort of actor where he has the potential to go off the rails. And this film was like an early indicator of that. And then what he's done since is, you know, done what it says. But it's like, <laughs> it reminds me of that bit. Right? <laughs> Do you remember that Batman from 89, Tim Burton. Yes. Yeah. And there's a bit where Michael Keaton, he's in Kim Basinger's apartment, and he smashes that thing with the, and says, let's get nuts. Do you remember? Yeah. That bit. That's like <laughs> Nick Cage all the time. If you saw that, you don't expect my, Michael Keaton, what are you doing? You're Batman. Just calm down. But Nick Cage is like that all the time. And this film is just like that one Michael Keaton moment for two hours. There's a brilliant interview with... You know Rose Byrne, she's been in tons of stuff, and she was with...
0: We we get that you love Rose Byrne <laughs> I'm a big fan, but it does, it does relate to this. She was with... Uh, she starred with Nicolas Cage in Knowing. Do you remember that film? Oh, that was crap. And she did... Uh, it really was shit, but she told a story on... I think it was Conan or something, and she said he's an incredible actor, but he is a little bit odd, and she uh, told a story about how in a press conference in Germany for the film, he just told her went, I'm going to go this whole interview without using I or me. So it's just like, <laughs> one's process, and I'm just like, that is amazing. That is an amazing human being, no matter what you think of him, the fact that he just randomly decided, I'm going to fuck with every reporter in this entire conference by just going, I'm just not going to use the, fir- the first person.
1: I think that's made me love Nick Cage, yeah. like, I'm so going to do that in university on Tuesday, I'm just not going to say I or me. Just, just, what just, 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 dissertation?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, like The Rock? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to wear my Rock t-shirt and I'm just going to go in and be like, and when that girl talks, I'll be like, it doesn't matter what you think! And then I'll rock bottom must through the table. One thing, you're talking shit, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage, can you just get up? Like he's constantly knackered from being Nick Cage yeah. all the time.
2: Yeah. It's like he it didn't <laughs> go to acting school. It's like someone's said, right?
1: School of life.
2: <laughs> yeah. Someone's wrote down on a post-it note, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, and sort of briefly explained how he. <laughs> and Nick Cage has gone. Oh, okay. This is acting now. I'm gonna do this. But no, nah, you've, you've not read the whole. You've not read the whole thing. You've only read it on a post-it note, Nick Cage. <laughs> but Nick Cage has just carried on sort of getting it, but not quite.
1: He was married to Lisa Marie Presley, wasn't he, for, like, nine months, and I read that he basically married her because he's a huge Elvis fan, and he's just, like, collecting Elvis like, i got your
0: daughter, i got your that's daughter. Really get in the case, Lisa Marie! The ultimate that's, collectible. That's so exactly. creepy. He couldn't just buy a clock. He just has a fucking... He <laughs> couldn't have, but, like, a little Elvis clock that comes out and does a little shimmy. Do you the think,
1: hour. like it's Nick Cage get into Nick Cage's mindset and think I'm an Elvis fan do I buy a clock or do I marry Elvis's daughter (laughs) I don't know I don't know like maybe just on a whim you sit in the one day and you went you know what I'm gonna romance Lisa Marie Presley and then he just got up and went about it, and that was yeah. it. And when they got married, he was like, done that now, bye!
0: Do you know, my one dream for Nicolas Cage to do next, because I, I, he is a good actor, I, my guilty pleasure is him in Connor. I love Connor. Well, it's, yeah. it's amazing. But all I want him to do is, like, in the next five to ten years, is to open up, like, a Graceland thing, and it's just Cageland. And it's just <gasps> actors with Heavy giant laser. heads. Of him, and they just go around doing all of his mad performances, and I would just throw my money to go there. I would be like, take my money, I want to walk around and get accosted by giant bobblehead Nicolas Cage doing uh, the B scene from The Wicker Man. <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah, like a Disneyland cage. for Nick Cage.
1: Can you imagine they just like. Uh, attention, ladies and gentlemen. If you make your way to the main main street, you'll see our three o'clock Nicholas Cage phase, prepare- and they're all just like and you're like, oh look, there's Connor Nicholas Cage. There's Face Off Nicholas Cage,
0: but it's actually just John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, not even John Travolta, Massey, it's just literally John Travolta because he needs the work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> please, someone pay me to be in a movie. Yeah. Let's, let's make look who's talking for kiss <laughs> oh, <Casey Great>. Ali. <laughs> there was that bit in the nineties in Nicholas Cage where right? was it Connor Face Off? The Rock. He made the... They were really good scenes. films. But quite good action films, yeah. yeah. And then it all, it all just stopped. But like mid-90s period.
1: The problem is, he flew too close to the sun. Right. <laughs> God damn you, Wigorous. Uh, God damn
0: you. I don't mind the National Treasure movies. Like, even the, the kind of shit second one. They're, they're enjoyable. He's... They are enjoyable. He's He's alright. He's, they're, they're really good kind of Sunday afternoon yeah Yeah. And that sort of thing but yeah Knowing is, is shit I really tried with Knowing because the guy who directed it directed iRobot I really liked iRobot so I was like oh this might be go- oh no
1: Nick Cage tries. Gold star for you, Nick Cage. We hear a pick-a-flick approve you're trying. Well, look. I don't Carry ever on being you. Yeah.
0: No, no. Don't, don't, ever, don't stop. ever stop oh. being Nick
1: Cage. No. 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 Carry on. Be be more Nick Cage. Yes. Be the most Nick Cage you can be. If
0: any Nick Cage left in you, bring it forth. Now is the time. We need, like, <laughs> next-level Nick Cage.
1: love to think he was just, like, sitting at home listening to this podcast going... These, these three strangers from England are right <laughs> <laughs> just like picking himself up in the mirror and saying, be Nick cage, yeah. cage, be Cage
2: be and then the, the day after this goes out he's found wandering Doesn't he <laughs> or something and just said I think it was like a couple of years ago he just said I'm going to tell you new Christmas lights for you and he just turned on their Christmas <laughs> tree <TV.
1: laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the most Nick Cage thing <laughs> Nick Cage has ever done second half of this podcast turned <laughs> <laughs> into a love letter to Nick <laughs>
0: Cage it really did
1: anyway, <laughs> we'd like to thank Chris Wilson your nomination, you can follow him on Twitter at ChrisWilsonCM. And now, it's quiz time. It's quiz time, it's quiz time, it's quiz time. Chris Wallace?
2: Yes. And you have chosen to be quizzed on True Romance. I think it's because I've seen this film probably more than anything else. Just accident a lot of the time. I've just seen it so much that I think, yeah, if I'm going to get any points in anything, it's probably going to be this film.
1: <laughs> well... There have been several complaints that Tony's questions aren't notoriously hard. Okay. So... I believe in you. I believe in you. Okay. So, question one. All the deaths on screen are male, and all are by gunshot. <clears throat> How many are there?
2: Is there a time limit? No.
1: Okay.
2: Let's say... I don't think, mm, <laughs> d- d- 22?
1: <gasps> 21! Oh. I'm gonna give you a point for that! That was a damn good guess. Well done. Oh, that
2: was a complete guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, question two. What film does Clarence praise during the drug deal negotiation scene?
2: Oh, um, it's not Shanna's List. It's, uh, Dr. Zhivago. Oh, wrong. Okay.
1: Question three. What comic does Clarence offer to show Alabama at the comic book store?
2: Um, Spider-Man
1: 1? Well done, Spider-Man 1. Question four. When Clarence and Alabama check into the mo- their motel room, what film is playing on TV?
2: Oh. Ah oh, it's a it's a fighty one. Um the the one that's not the parted, the one it was based on. Ah oh, no, no. Hong Kong story.
1: It free Jack. Okay. And question number five What character is the son of a character from Inglorious Bastards which Crinton Tarantino has confirmed is set in the same universe?
2: Oh, it's the guy that's in everything. He was Phoebe's boyfriend in Friends. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't remember his name now. Michael.
1: It's uh, Lee Donowitz, yeah. who is the son of Sergeant Donnie Donowitz, who is played by Eli Roth. It's so been that... a film that I've, I've seen loads. I'm just
2: not good at quizzes.
1: I, the pressure gets on. I get really shouty and angry during quizzes. Yeah. Really, really angry. I think, you know, two points really? for a, a quiz that like Tony wrote. really, really good.
2: Brilliant. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: well done. You should. So that is about all from us this week. at Pick a flick. I'd like to thank Chris Wallace and Chris Haig for joining me and give them a chance to. I was going to say haul themselves out, but that... I didn't mean that. Okay. Uh, I promote themselves. <laughs> you you call yourself out. It's, it's, sh- a it's to cheaper be my...
2: than grinder, Let's be honest. Uh, I am Chris Wallace. One two three, and I host the Wiki Shuffle podcast every Tuesday, and we've got some guests coming on soon can find that on wiki shuffle pod or just search wiki shuffle and we are there pressing random on wikipedia for your enjoyment
1: chris hey <laughs>
2: um, you can find me on twitter as higher underscore boy.
0: i appear a fair bit on pick a flick i will be appearing on the spin-off show dead meat and other podcasts kind of scattered about so yeah you can probably find me on one of those shows
1: Awesome. You can find us on Twitter at PickaflickPod where we invite you to send us your film suggestions so we can not talk about them, talk about something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're available on iTunes, Acast and Stitcher. We have a website called BlackHolePodcast.com uh, You can follow me on Twitter at CrushNator2 but let's be honest, why would you want to? <laughs> You can also also follow me at Dead Meat Horror, which is um, the o- official Twitter account for the spin-off show Dead Meat. The first episode went up on the first Monday of February. Second episode is up soon, and then guess next time we'll be Chris Hague. Yay! I'm so
0: excited!
1: So, oh, it, I just think it's going to be. I don't think we'll talk about horror. at all. No, will be. <laughs> it will be a shit show. Come listen to the yeah. delightful shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye bye.
0: bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next
1: trip?